today on Recruiting Hell, we are bidding goodbye to 2020 in no less than 48 hours. And that will end the worst 365 days that the vast majority of us have seen in our lives in terms of societal change, social upheaval, biological threats, and environmental hazards. 2021 is looking great. And indeed it is. But remember, just like a young person who turns 18, the passing of one day tends to not change much. And it's that challenge we face with our new calendar year. Today, we're talking about how to approach 2021 as a conqueror. 2020 happened. There's not much we can do about it. But what we can do is stand back up and continue moving forward with the correct attitude and the correct procedures to make 2021 the complete opposite of its predecessor. Hello and welcome to Recruiting Hell. I'm your host, Rob Conlon. Welcome to episode 33, and I cannot believe that only eight short months after its debut, this show is something I'm still working on feverishly. Something else that you might be working on feverishly after eight months, though, is your job hunt. Whether you're facing reduced hours, reduced workload, layoffs, furloughs, working from home, or complete unemployment, you've likely been hustling in new ways that you never thought of before. I know I have, and I'm proud of you for doing that, too. Now, it's quite possible you're listening to this episode in the waning hours of 2020, and good riddance to that year. Now, as I've said earlier, 2020's events and effects are not just going to end overnight. They're likely to linger for a number of coming months and perhaps even the entirety of 2021. The global economy contracted by nearly 4.5% this year, and the initial outlooks for 2021 from leading sites like the International Monetary Fund and Forbes.com point to about a 5% growth overall in 2021. So what does that mean for you, the job seeker? Well, unfortunately, it means we're still in it for the long haul, and that means that our marathon to help get the world back to work continues. While we don't get political on this show, there are some factors that cannot be ignored when it comes to the economy and the job market. Joe Biden's confirmation as the next president of the United States has provided the economy with a somewhat sense of stability, not so much in what his economic policies are, those are moot on this show, but rather from the certainty that knowing that a new administration is inbound. Now, bear in mind, that's not a criticism of the Trump administration, simply a comment that the economy, companies, and other factors that drive job growth are now certain who is next in line to lead the country. This helps create a more fertile environment for companies to hire in, as well as returning opportunities to sectors that had seen them evaporate overnight, like hospitality and tourism. Once we get this pandemic thing under control, we'll see those industries resurge, but until we do, that's not going to happen. So with that being said, with this stage being set for 2021, the time is now to make sure that you're going into this year achieving three things. A. Well, it's always a good idea to up your resume. Having a fresh one rebuilt from the ground up in 2021 is going to be key to standing out. Number two, upping your social game. 2020 separated us, a lot of us from our circle of friends, and a lot of our families too. Unfortunately, that has the nasty little side effect of making us all a little bit more socially awkward than we were 12 months ago. C, if you don't already have a project or similar piece of tangible work to show employers, 
you need to start one now. The mutual understanding that you and I have to have on these items is that they take work and that work takes effort. You've been putting in effort the last eight months with your job hunt. You need to respect and appreciate the journey you took to get to this point, but you're going to need to ask yourself for more. And that is hard. Digging deep going into the new year is something that we're all going to struggle with. Most of us are worn down from endless applications, reduced spending on things that we enjoy, and probably a little too much time with people who can kind of drive us nuts sometimes. But let's talk about that first to-do today that should be kicked off by New Year's Day 2021, updating your resume. There are a few ways to do this. Some of them are inexpensive. Some involve experts that are going to take you through a comprehensive view of your resume and the cover letters for a fee. Getting the easier of the two paths out of the way, if you actually haven't put any money towards your resume this year, this is an excellent time to do it. Starting off the year with a fresh professional resume will not only give you an excellent template to work from in the future, but could take a completely different angle at your job approach for 2021. Here at Recruiting Health, we are very cautious when we tell you to spend your resources. In this case, it's recommended that you earmark between $100 and $150 for the production and upgrading of your resume when working with an expert. The most difficult part of this portion is the other half. It, it's kind of twofold, and that's brainstorming the most important things to have on your resume after 2020 has happened and ensuring that they're as recent as possible, making sure they're relevant to job positions, remembering that you will likely be swapping out bullet points between applications. So you need to start listing these by broadest to narrowest to be really helpful. This list should also be provided to your resume professional as well to give them an idea of what you've accomplished, not just in your work, but also in the past year, so that when they do work with you and are asking for the examples to pick from outside of the brief little interview that they'll likely be conducting with you, they have extra work to draw from. That's the, that's the big thing. It's also a great time to work up an achievements page. We heard James mention that in the first half of episode 31, an achievements page. Now, finding your ideal career coach or resume editor can be a real challenge. We have a few on this show who are trusted, like Catherine Frost and Barb Walla, but making sure that you vet a career coach or resume doctor is incredibly important. A few questions I believe you should probably ask every one of them, even uh, if you go with one of the ones on the show. Do you have a specialty in helping folks in certain careers? From our episodes with them, Barb and the fabulous Mrs. Frost both had specialties that they could put to work for you. Next question, would you be able to provide me an example of a recent client within the past well, 30 days or so that used your service and told you it was because of your edits that they landed a job? Basically, you're looking for the social proof there that what they do is uh, working in the modern day job environment. Question three, what's your background and history in regards to the recruiting and hiring area? And how's that going to help my resume when I turn it over to you to have it reworked? Another excellent place to look for resume experts is on LinkedIn. However, be sure that you put them through the same process that you would to vet one you don't know, or even to vet one that I on this show would trust. Being blinded by star power or high-powered resume makers is something to watch out for. And even though they might be posting samples on LinkedIn, remember, social media is only the highlight reel. 
you never hear about the bad things from people. They tend not to make it to LinkedIn pages and featured happy customers pages. Now, when you get your touched up resume back, be sure to go over it with a fine tooth comb. But here's the big thing. You're not looking to make any significant structural changes to the work that's been done. That's why you hired this person to work on your resume. You need to trust them. You're going over the resume with a fine tooth comb not to improve it, but simply to make sure that it's all factually correct and that your chosen resume upgrader got your story right. Trust what they are writing. Don't be like the CEO taking a marketing email out of the hands of the copywriter they paid to make it. Trust the expert that you hired. If there are discrepancies, reach out and politely explain. You need to ask questions rather than make suggestions or demands. Remember, you're paying them to do their best work to bring you more knowledge and skill and apply it to your resume. You're the one seeking information here. Now, once that process is complete, your resume is updated for 2021, and it's time to get that thing in the water. You need to make a comprehensive list of every possible place that your resume could be. Now, this could take a while, and it might involve delving into your internet history to see the companies and job boards that you've visited over the past eight months. The goal here is to replace your resume on every platform you can possibly think of so that this new shining example of you and your career are uniform across the internet. Now, obviously, the big five career boards are going to be central to everyone. Indeed, Monster, LinkedIn, Career Builder, and Glassdoor. But you'll recall in episode 16 that we talked about finding niche job boards. Boards like the Big Shoes Network for marketing jobs here in the Midwest. Remember to search for types of career job boards, the for-profit versus non-profit, and the actual infield ones, much like Big Shoes for marketing, IT, customer service, all these other niche job boards. I'd list a whole bunch, but we'd be here for another five minutes just rattling off ones that you should take a look at. Now, the goal is to not only have your resume the same everywhere, but also have it readily available on your LinkedIn profile as well. And speaking of which, it might be a nice idea to touch up that profile also. Maybe you feature a new post on your homepage, rewrite your summary and your description, maybe change those three little words that are underneath your name, or maybe whip up an article to feature on your page. Now, this reminds me, I should be adding more of those articles to my page from the Recruiting Hell blog. So now we've updated the resume. Check. What's next? Re-upping your social game. And this is possibly the most time-consuming of these three strategies for a successful 2021 launch. Social media takes time, effort, and most importantly, consistency. When I started this show back in May of 2020, I barely ever went to LinkedIn. But I knew that was where my listeners would likely be. So I made a concerted effort to spend more and more time on that platform day in and day out. Now, last week, we talked about the 50 cent strategy, and that needs to happen every single day with you in 2021. And you need to keep it at it for a minimum, a bare minimum of six months before you're going to see the needle move on your engagement, even just a little flicker. This is a long game and building your following and audience on LinkedIn consists of more than just posting willy nilly. You need to interact with people, let them find out more about you, who you are, both professionally and personally. 
We focused a ton on this last week. And while I'm going to reemphasize a few points here and there, the social media aspect of your job is a huge component. Not only does social media connect you to the other people in the world and in your local area, it can also bring you content and news that can be helpful for building your job hunt. LinkedIn in particular has the ability to follow other profiles. And this is something you should be doing daily as well. Find between two and three profiles to follow each day. They can be big, they can be small, but what they should all have in common is that they must not only give of themselves in what they post, but they also have to be highly relevant to what you're searching for in your job hunt. So case in point, one of the biggest successes of the 20th century, person-wise, was Jack Welch. He was the former CEO of GE. He actually died earlier in 2020. He grew that company from something like $12 billion to like $400 billion. It's crazy. Jack died earlier this year at the age of 84, but his management institute has a profile on LinkedIn. It's one of the default ones that you follow when you create an account, along with, I think, Bill Gates and a handful of other really famous business-type people with really large followings on LinkedIn. You can follow these, but it's probably fairly unlikely that they're going to bring you anything other than the most generic or general of knowledge for your career and on how to improve it or any news or learning articles that are focused on you, they're going to be more broad. What you want to dig into are the small followings, the people in your industry, groups in your city, and individual accounts on LinkedIn that bring you a narrower expertise, but still might be thought leaders. I have a few great examples of these in my own network. As for folks that I follow, Joel Lalge, who will be on a future episode of this show, is an excellent account to follow. Joel runs Headhunter Media and not only live streams about his recruiting and hiring industry twice a week, but also has actionable recommendations for your brand growth on LinkedIn every single day. Now, keep in mind that the profiles you follow can also be groups. And an excellent example of one of these that I'm a part of is Pong Professional Opportunities Networking Group, Milwaukee. This is a networking group that hosts monthly speaking events and allows participants to ask questions of their guest speaker as well as kind of do a workshop for the participants after the speaker's done. These are the kinds of groups that you want to become a member of. The key to following up on these, though, is that it's not enough to just join the group. You have to participate. This is an essential part of networking with social media and what you need to do in 2021. You need to participate in the groups that you follow. For example, when I met the Pong folks, they had asked me to come on and do a talk about age-proofing your resume. Now, that's not only going to be a future episode of this show that coincides with that talk, but I'm contributing to that community. In order to get the most out of social media and LinkedIn for your job search, you need to be willing to contribute to the community as a whole. This is a bit different from being present on other social media platforms, which I would, again, encourage you to become a little bit more active on. But because LinkedIn is so career-focused, it's the one I'm going to mark for the 2021 year as the mandatory participation platform. The other platforms, Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, these are all important to maintain a presence on, even if you simply do what's called lurk. Lurking is simply being a user that doesn't really participate in the conversation or in the general th discussion thread, but reads it and may interact on sort of a superficial level by maybe giving it an upvote or a like or something like that. Using similar follower strategies that you've used on LinkedIn, you can bring an amazing amount of content and insight your way. 
you'll want to devote a few minutes of your day to each of these platforms in order to get the most out of them. And who knows, you might even start participating. Now, the final piece of launching into 2021 is going to be deciding what type of portfolio project or other kind of tangible activity you can do to bring with you to an interview in the future. We're going to be calling this a portfolio project just as sort of a coverall term here, but your portfolio project might be something that's written, it might be art, it might be visual, it might be learning new concepts and skills, it might be mu musical, it might be any one of a thousand things you can do with your free time other than something that is truly just a hobby. It's important to take care of our day-to-day -day responsibilities. It's important to spend time with family, and of course, sometimes it's just nice to kick back and relax too. The ask I want to make of you here is to take some of that last portion of time, a time which you choose to spend at your discretion, and divert it into making something that's lasting. Portfolio pieces can take so many forms. And in fact, the show that you're listening to right now, this entire concept of recruiting hell, started out as my portfolio piece. When I lost my job back in April, I really started to get bored after about two weeks of playing my heart out on my favorite video games, drinking all the beer I wanted, and staying up until God knows what hour in the morning. It was like I was a junior in college again, and I didn't even have the responsibility of having to go to work at 2 p.m. that afternoon. It was great. But something needed to happen. Something needed to change. I couldn't just waste all of my time being out of work. So I decided to make a portfolio project, which turned into this show. Now, a good portfolio project should accomplish three things. Number one, it should sharpen or hone your existing skills. Number two, it should teach you new skills and growth that are relevant to your career. And number three, it should be shareable with others. So let's talk about number one, sharpening or honing your skills. This is the absolutely easiest one. You have this talent already. But when you're building a portfolio project, it's almost a tiny bit of an invitation to show off a bit. You may perform at a very high level when it comes to this skill already. And a portfolio project is not only a chance to show off the maximum amount of skill you have with a talent, but also to push yourself beyond where you were at the start of the project. Take, for example, again, this podcast. I have a background in broadcast media and recording advertisements. I've recorded semi-pro and have mixed audio in the past. What I never had access to was quality equipment at my home. So over the course of a year, I've gathered all the little equipment that lets me not only start to produce the show, but also help me start a small side business that supports this show, Westport Studios. Being able to show a project of this magnitude with a quality finished product that the public can consume, as well as being able to talk about the challenges actually faced by working on and growing this show has been a huge achievement for myself, and in recent discussions with employers, it's been a major talking point. This is your chance to create a differentiator for yourself. Something that if you're in a dead heat with another applicant, this is your ace up your sleeve. The goal of your portfolio project is to get a hiring manager to look at it and say, wow, and then remember it down the road when they say, well, who should we hire for this position? Somebody should chime in and say, well, how about the guy who started his own podcast and brand or the gal who painted those beautiful pictures to auction for charity or the metalworking hobbyist who had the coolest ring on? Your portfolio project is uniquely yours. And the goal of it is to take it beyond something that you simply enjoy doing as a hobby and elevate it to the next level. 
uh, adding the dimension of writing it down almost, you know, the documentation and the skill growth. So like with this podcast, I could have simply started recording these episodes by myself or maybe with a few of my close friends and just keeping it in my tight little circle of people that I know. But contrary to that, I took this portfolio piece to market. This portfolio piece has two associated websites, an email list, a blog, articles that I write weekly, dedicated social media strategies and handles, and a host of other things that are associated with it. And it's these things, these extra steps that can help make a portfolio project shine. You can paint a picture, but until you design something that showcases painting that picture, it's not really a portfolio project. To give you a frame of reference of all the things that I just mentioned, the websites, the email lists, the blog, I've never done any of those in any meaningful capacity before. I've done bits and pieces, like created a few little sales email sequences, but that's a far cry from putting out a weekly newsletter complete with articles, a video, and other pieces of content that actually get people to click on it and open it. I've learned more about marketing, social media, writing, editing, and networking in the past six months or so of running this portfolio project than I had in the previous two years of my professional career. This is what your project should help you achieve. Now, when we're talking about portfolio projects, there's a former colleague of mine who I have to admit I'm a bit envious of. His name is Anthony, and he is now the chief customer officer for a company that was the competitor to the place you always hear me talk about from a few years back. But that's not why I'm envious of him. I'm envious of his incredible side or portfolio project. And if you want to follow what he's doing and see the incredible brand that he's building after hours from his, you know, high powered job, I definitely recommend that you drop him a follow on Instagram. His project is a beard oil company called Lit Beard Co. It launched around the same time as Recruiting Hell. And from what I can tell, Anthony's killing it with this thing. I won't pretend to know at the time or the financial effort invested into this project, but it's an outstanding example of how he's pushing himself to learn more and more about creating a product, running a business, and building a brand around something he's passionate about. And that's being a bearded guy. <laughs> now, something that might be catching for you about starting a portfolio project is that you actually might be afraid that they cost money. In some cases, they do. This show is no exception. And despite initially being run on a shoestring budget, we've had to put a little bit of money into it. Now, for the first four months of this show's existence, the entire show, two websites, all that stuff I mentioned before, existed on a budget of $235. That $235 went into nearly the entire first season of the show. And I think ran, funds ran critical the week of episode 19. And of course, we do 20 episode seasons here. That 235 bucks stretched a long way. It was less than $2 a day to run the show. Now, we've obviously gotten more advanced in the time since then, but through the use of things like open source software, trial versions of paid software, and some incredible generosity by some of my favorite listeners, we continue to go further. If the show had ended with those first 20 episodes, that would still have been an excellent project. And your project doesn't have to be this big ongoing production, but it should be something that pushes you to grow and learn so that you come out of your time away from your job with new skills and not just having stagnated for the past three to six months. We each have something in our lives that is easily portfolioable, 
just like this show, just like Anthony's Nifty Beard Balms. The challenge I have for you for 2021 is to identify what that is for you. Make the effort to build this portfolio project, not just from a standpoint of recording some audio that the world never hears or brewing your own beard oil for you. It's that growth aspect. It's that sharing aspect. Start a portfolio in 2021 and make sure that you're even more employable when the economy comes back. And if you can, be sure to keep up your current portfolio project after you get hired or at least continue it in some way. Maybe even start a different one. For example, if I were to land a new position where I couldn't devote the time weekly to having weekly versions of this show, you can bet your boots I'd either outsource some of the time-consuming aspects of it or simply move on to an every-other-week release format. Now, that's not happening, so no worries there. It's simply an example of how you can keep a portfolio project going even when life gets busy. So to review, for 2021, to bring a new hustle to your new year, you need to do the following. A. Refresh and rebuild your resume from the bottom up. And hopefully you have the opportunity to enlist the help of a professional if it's in the cards, only if it's in the cards. B, go hard on your social media game. Scoop up new contacts, build your followings, network for the give, and contribute to the online communities that you become a part of. C, hit that portfolio piece. New Year's Day would be a great opportunity to get some notes down for what you want to do and to develop a battle plan for going throughout the rest of the year to keep that effort continuing. Now we're finally at the end here, folks, the last episode of 2020. And what a year it's been. A quick recap for the year. We've put out nearly 1,200 minutes of content to help folks get back to work. If you would have asked me in May of 2020 if I had would have almost 20 flipping hours of shows by December 31st, 2020, I'd have thought you were absolutely off your rocker. Across the world, more than 22 different countries have tuned in on five of the seven continents. And if you're that listener based in Africa or Antarctica, and somehow I missed you through all of my analytics digging, let me know. No matter where you come from, times are tough. And we're a community here in Recruiting Hell, and we're going to get through this together. Recently, I had a little bit of feedback from some listeners, and they mentioned they'd love to connect in a way with other listeners from the show. And to that end, I'm investigating a few potential options for groups where our listeners can congregate, connect, and where I can help provide you more assistance to help your job search. A little bit more on that in the coming weeks, as well as other exciting ideas like our cooperation with the network group, Pong Milwaukee, that I mentioned earlier, and of course, new downloads, new uh, documents to help your job hunt strategy, and even, I'm going to tease this, the Heli Awards. Thank you for spending a, a good chunk of your 2020 with me and this show. I've been absolutely blown away by some of the download numbers recently. And whether you're a new listener or one of my original few, or someone who's binging my entire back catalog this weekend, you're so appreciated. And I'm hopeful that the time we spend together gets you back on track to happier times and more successful days ahead. Last week, I gave you the gift of no promos at the end of this show. This week, we're going to do almost the same. So closing out for us here at Recruiting Hell, remember, your job does not dictate your self-worth. If you're in need of help getting your job hunt going, grab our free guide to recruitinghell.com. And of course, reach out to the show however you want, whether it's via social media 
or you can email us direct at the recruiting help podcast at gmail.com. We'll get back to the more normal feel of the show in coming weeks with a number of great guests. The holidays and some of the crunch on my part uh, pushed a few of the episodes I wanted to get into December back into January. Plus, editing some of these sometimes is just a crazy time vampire. Recruiting Hell is a production of Westport Studios, and it is proudly made in Wisconsin. And finally, as always, a thank you to Purple Planet Music for our themes and you, the listener, for tuning in. I'm Rob Conlon, and until we meet again, keep moving forward with your self-betterment and your job hunt. It's a marathon, not a sprint, and Recruiting Hell will be here to help you keep pace right on into the new year. Happy 2021, everyone.